radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Do you sell toys? We sell forbidden objects from places men fear to tread. We also sell frozen yogurt, which I call Froget. Well, I need something for my son's birthday. Ah, perhaps this will please the gentleman. Take this object, but beware, it carries a terrible curse. Ooh, that's bad. But it comes with a free Froget. That's good. The Froget is also cursed. That's bad. But you get your choice of topping. That's good. The toppings contain potassium benzoate. That's bad. Can I go now? I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash For Monday, October 28th, 2019 this is the Laced Up Podcast, and I am James Cole. Hi, I'm Brutes Battaglia from the North Side. It's the Halloween edition, the spooky edition. That's great, man. Did, hey? you, did you have a costume? No, I didn't go up. No. <laughs> it was. No. Uh, it fell through. I had. I was supposed to be. Uh, uh, it was a group costume. There were four of us. We were going to go out as characters from Happy Gilmore, and I was supposed to be Chubbs Peterson. But um, there is a large problem with. Yeah. That costume for me. Well, you've got both your hands. Um, yeah. <laughs> I never played on the Pro Tour either. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, that, that that didn't end up happening. Um, I went out, but just not for Halloween. I just went out just and drank. drank separately. Yeah, that's fair. Abstaining from the holiday. I was at a bar where they were doing karaoke and someone did sing Monster Mash, hmm. uh, which was kind of nice. Okay. But, well, yeah. you got a little bit of the festive, you know, spirit in you there. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love Halloween. I just, this year I was like, eh. Is the festive spirit of Halloween like an actual spirit? Like an actual, like, ghost? or? Well, it depends who you ask. Um, people who like Halloween will tell you, yes, that it is the most sacred of all holidays. Uh, and not to badmouth yeah, like I People I, love their fucking I Halloween, man. People at work tell me, like, oh, I had three costumes. Yeah. And it's like, no, and I, I, I would... But I, you know, that if someone came up to me like a month ahead of time, was like, "Hey, do you want to go to this party? We're gonna do this for a costume. You want in?" I'd be like, "Yeah, absolutely. Like, I love it. I think it's a lot of fun." Um, but I mostly like doing costumes where it's like a movie reference, and unless I'm going with people ahead of time, which I don't have uh, plans that make friends or friends that make plans. You're one of my friends. We you, we don't oh, make thanks. a lot of plans in advance. Well, yeah. So. You know, it just kind of happens like the week before. It's like, what are you doing? And then I have to throw a costume together. And I got to tell you, as as uh, I, I like authentic things. And if my costume, if I'm going to do a costume, I don't like half-assing them. I like going all out. So at which point it's like, well, maybe I'm just not going out. Yeah, I can respect that. So, yeah. Yeah. This, this, like everyone, this week, everyone's like, you going out for Halloween? Like your girlfriend asked me to go out for Halloween and everything. And I'm like, you know, I don't have anything planned. And I really don't feel like putting together a costume at this point. So, no, I'm not doing anything for it. Okay. But I do enjoy it. That's fair. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, another person that enjoys it. Yeah. Former Laced Up yeah. podcast guest, yeah. Asia Voss. Really good. Yeah. Really it, good. Well, it, guest and costume. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this much. If you haven't already, yeah. uh, toss her a follow on Twitter. Because sure. you'll get great content. Yeah, like her Post Malone 
uh, costume that she wore the other night. Good. That was spot on. It's pretty good. I uh, a friend of mine and her boyfriend went as uh, Justin Timberlake and Andy Samberg, uh, the Dick in a Box Ooh. music video, and it was real good. Yeah, yeah, they that did a good. real good job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I wanted to like ask you, like, what is like the best costume you've ever you've ever seen? Like, uh, like, is there anything that stands out where it was just like? See the 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 problem with your question here for me is like I've probably seen a lot that I admire and like in the moment sure. I'm like yeah right oh, on. Oh no, man. I've seen a lot of like but good then I get, ones, but kind of drinking yeah. and then yeah, well, you know and I forget things. But sure. I'll, I'll say just off the top of my head a couple of my favorites. Um, uh, Average Joe's Gym. Yeah, that's good. That's a classic. Yeah, you know, um, doesn't matter what like you might see it every year. But you know, you know, I did that kind of right. Because Joe, uh, Joe, oh, Pete, yeah. and Kenny did, did average the, shows, so I was White Goodman. Viper. Yeah. yeah. Um, purple Viper. <laughs> yeah, I could remember his name. Purple Cobras. <laughs> yeah. It's White Goodman. Purple Snakes. Yeah. Um, uh, Megan actually had a really good... The uh, Purple Salmon. Uh, ...costume last night. She went as uh, uh, TJ and Smelly yeah. from Recess. Yeah. So that was that was pretty spot on. Um, and then, like, I'm a big, I'm a big gag costume kind of guy, you know what I mean? Like, the, the serial killer with the box with the knife. Like, I've, yeah, I, no, I, I do like those, those, too. I'm trying to think. I saw, I saw a good one. Um, oh, did you see, uh, Aiden went as Mike Myers? So it was dual, like, hmm. it was like Wayne's World meets Friday, or meets, um, what Freddy Krueger? I'm blanking. That horror movie. Mike oh, Myers. Mike Myers. Halloween. Myers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, he like had, had the dual costume, so that was pretty funny. Funny you mentioned him. Uh, oddly enough, uh, their original plan, him and his girlfriend that they were mm-hmm. going to go out as, was she wanted to be like one of those, um, one of those like cushions that you stick all the pins in, you know, when you're sewing, you get like that yep. little, and just to have him dress all in silver because he's so damn skinny that he he, he would be, be the pin. Yeah, and she would be the the pin, but oh, okay. it, it started to take on this really awkward sexual uh, connotation behind yeah. it. So they they scrapped that. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think the best costume I've ever seen uh, was last year. The Coliseum has like a big party every year, and uh, that's where I went last year. I had a really good time, and um, there was a gentleman or or a woman there. It's uh, who knows. Uh, we don't judge. Dressed as a Tim Hortons cup, life size Tim Hortons cup. Now. I don't mean, like, was wearing, like, Tim Hortons clothing and had, like, a hat where it was, like, the fucking lid or something. I'm talking a full, like, cylinder-type shaped costume made out of fucking felt that had, like, Tim Hortons logo and everything. Like, the cup was done to a T, life-size version of it. I will tweet out a picture of it uh, when this episode comes out tomorrow for so people who can understand... I can't even imagine how much time went into that fucking costume. And I certainly hope that they still have it and do it every year. Because that is one of the ones where it's like, you don't even need to do anything different every year. Just do that every year. Yeah. Because that's the greatest. The most Canadian thing I have ever seen. There's no one out there going as a fucking Starbucks cup in the States, no. you think? Like no. Dunkin' Donuts, maybe, that's, in Boston. But that, That's the type of costume that you can wear on the Friday night and the Saturday night. Call oh, it a yeah. double-double. Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Wow, you're on already this yeah. week, eh? I can tell. You're been ready up, to go. Been up drinking all day, so... <laughs> been um, up drinking yeah. all day. Didn't you come from work? Uh, 
Nope. Hasn't stopped me yet. Nope. Um, so the burning question on my mind, though, I'm, I, as important as Halloween is, what's happening with Mad Men? Ooh, yeah. Um, well, Mad Men's going well. <laughs> uh, it's it's going well again. No, I'm liking season seven. It's it's I don't know. Like it's a weird series, man. Like I'm seven. I'm s- like into season seven now, and there's just I think the show. I didn't realize how much of it is supposed to be funny. Okay. Because now I'm starting to realize, like, wait, this show's actually, like, pretty funny. Starting to clue in. And I'm starting to, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, at first I thought it was, like, just, because it's like a drier humor. Um, It's really interesting. I gotta tell you, I love Elizabeth Moss as an actress. Uh, She might be my least favorite character ever, though. Okay. Like, I, I cannot fucking stand her in Mad Men from beginning to at least where I am, season seven. Hasn't she died sucks. Yet. No, she's getting worse. No, but that's different because that's, uh, no, but Betty Draper is the one that I don't, I don't like the character either, which okay. is Don's ex-wife. But she kind of like hops back and forth between being evil and being likable. So, I don't know, but she's played by January Jones, so mm-hmm. different actress, different, uh. Different situation. Okay. Mad Men's good though. Yeah. How, how many it. seasons is it? Eight. Eight, I believe. Okay. So I'm getting there. So we're almost at the home stretch. Next here. week, I I should have a firm verdict. Yeah. Uh, this week, I I I I have, um, I I should have an extra day off than what I normally have, uh, and I'm planning to do nothing on my days off. Is it um, is it going how you thought it would? The, the series story is it progressing? Are there any? Are you have you been surprised at uh, any? Uh, uh, Plot yeah. changes or characters. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? Like, it's one of those shows where so little happens on like an episode, episode to episode basis. Sometimes that they need to have sort of extreme plot twists here and there to kind of keep the show relevant to make mm-hmm. it to make it a show. So, you know, spoiler alert, I guess. Like Don, Don, at the end of season six, gets pushed out of his agency and essentially fired. And then, like, he, he needs to try and make a comeback somehow. And to me, I didn't see that coming because the whole idea of the show is that Don Draper is the greatest ad man in America. Like, that guy is just a fucking genius when it comes to pitching ads. And then he goes and pitches an ad and does one of his best pitches of the entire series. Blows you away. And then, all of a sudden, like, not breaks down, but starts talking about his personal life in the middle of his, like, pitch. And, like, it kind of, everyone just got all awkward, so then they decide to fire him, because the whole season, Don was, like, showing up late, getting fucked at the office all the time. Uh, I gotta tell you, you would like the show, there's a lot of drinking. Okay. Like, a lot. More than, more, like, I can't think of another show where they drink as much as this show. Really? I can't think of one. Hmm. Yeah. More than Suits? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but I never got all the way through Suits, that's right? Fair. I only I only watched, like, three seasons, maybe. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. I can't think of another one. I'll, I'll keep thinking. I know there's another, like, uh, uh, Big Little Lies. Um, they, they drink a decent amount, it seems like, in that show, but, but not that not that much. Uh, I'm trying to think. There is another show where it seems like they, every character has a drink all the time. But anyway, it's good. Okay. I like Mad Men. Fantastic. Well, yeah. I'm I'm glad to see that you're you're almost there. You're the the final. I think I'll be done next week here. for the uh, for the next episode. That's yeah. fantastic because yeah. I, I I know that the people have really been enjoying these uh, Mad Men update segments. Good. Yeah. 
So, good. Well, I mean, the one thing, too, I gotta say is one of my favorite series of all time is BoJack Horseman. And the final season was released on uh, Netflix the other day. And I'm really fighting off the urge to watch that because I want to get through Mad Men before I start BoJack. Because I feel like if I take a break from Mad Men, I might not come back to it. Oh, yeah. I might pull a Jimmy. Nice. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. 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 Pulled a few of those, eh? Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely have. Yeah. Hockey. Yep. This is a hockey podcast. Sure. That sometimes Sometimes. talks about hockey. Yeah. Top 10, not about hockey this week. True. Yeah. Yeah. We can't get too invested in the sport. It's Mm, it's a terrible league. Yeah, we don't have any good news about no, hockey this week. Everything everything we talk about, it's always bad stuff. It's been a bad week. When does anything good ever happen? Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Brian um, Boyle's back on a team. We talked about that. That's true. That's good news. That's about mm. it this season. Yeah, so far. Anyway. Uh, Jason Zucker. Yeah. Uh, called out his coach, Bruce Boudreau, yep. during an interview. Um, kind of had one of those, oh shit, what did I say, kind of moments, and cleared the air with his coach before it became, you know, a story that kind of blindsided the organization or blindsided uh, Boudreaux in any way. But still, at the same time, you know, obviously this is something that, you know, the media is going to talk about and they're going to make a story out of it. And uh, probably rightfully so. I mean, anytime anybody uh, says something about their boss, uh, people are going to probably want to, you know, hear what they said and make an opinion about what they said. Um... What were your thoughts on not only the fact that he made the comments, but the comments themselves? Um, so the uh, as far as I can tell, because you told me about this the other day, I actually didn't hear about this when it happened. Um, but pulling up what I can find anyway is that Zucker said after a 10-minute players-only meeting on October 17th uh, that I think more than a meeting is going to have to jumpstart us, to be honest with you. It's going... To be each individual guy from Bruce on down. Bruce has got to be better. We've got to be better. Everybody's got to be better. That's it. Um, am I missing anything else, or is that pretty much I think it? That pretty much sums it up. Yeah. Um, it's kind of bizarre to me coming from Jason Zucker. Not that he doesn't have the right to voice his opinion, but he's kind of a weird guy to be the voice. I think in that situation. Like, I feel like pretty much everyone normally in hockey culture would leave it alone and then Miko Koivu can kind of say what he wants, you know? And if Miko doesn't want to say too much, then no one else is really going to say too much. And it is kind of odd to see it from just a, a um, I mean, no offense to Jason Zucker, but just a random player on the roster um, kind of come out and say it. it. It is interesting to see. I don't think it's out of place. Like, I don't. I I, th- I think everyone is allowed to voice their opinion when they're uh, upset with stuff and they, they need to find a way to do it based on what sort of line of work you're in or, or you know, what, what have you. But, um, like, I think the biggest thing for me is, is, if any people had any issues with it, is, you know, this is exactly the thing that we're trying to fucking get away from as a hockey culture is to, you know, he shouldn't have said that or, or that it's not his place or anything like that. Like, we're trying to get these players to open up, and when they when we do, we scold them for it. And to me, he didn't really say anything of substance there. Uh, he happened to mention Bruce's name, but to me, I don't I don't read into this as being uh, a player lashing out about his coach. Really, like I, that's not how I read it. 
Um, but I also didn't see video of him saying it. So mm-hmm. to me, I don't know. Like he's right. The team's been abysmal, and um, you know they need to find a way to fix that. And since then, they've been a little better, but still not great. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. Like I I think it's fine to me, but I'm not sure that I would love it if I were his coach or that I, or if I were his teammate either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to say. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's good to see somebody cares on that team. I will Definitely. say that. Yeah, you, you got to give. That I thought no one did. Like I know that is. I know that that's probably one of the better locker rooms in the NHL. That's going to be a bad team this year. Mm-hmm. Like I know they have a good culture. They got a lot of good guys there, but they don't have a lot of good hockey players there. So yeah, um, I, I saw a lot of it be compared to you know kind of the the way that a coach would talk about his boss in, in a GM. And, and the way they kind of tiptoe around making any mention of direct names yep. and, you know, oh, what am I supposed to do with the roster? It's, you know, it's not my call. Yep. Yep. You know, just kind of fluff it away somebody else's problem. Um, and I, I suppose maybe that's better suited for that level of, of the hockey world and, and, and whether or not you want to call it fair. Um, if we had coaches walking around criticizing the GMs, and we had the media walking around criticizing the GMs, all all of a sudden, I mean, like all of a, like the GMs just aren't going to you know look good regardless of where you go. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I know what you're saying. It, it's kind of tough to assess because you don't see these comments made about coaches very often, especially a good and respected coach like Bruce Boudreau. We're not talking about a guy that's in his you know second or third year in, in the league, and he's still kind of learning the the way the the world works and you know how the nhl is is a business like bruce has been around for a while like he's he's established himself as a good coach um a, a player's coach if nothing less uh, always seems very uh, very friendly with his players gets along with his players really well yeah you know mount bruce erupts once in a while but uh there as are do more we all. there are more new school coaches than him but i wouldn't necessarily call him old school right i, I don't think he's new school either i yeah. think he's a bit of a hybrid um Closer to old school than new, actually, maybe. Yeah. But I'll, I'll give you this one though. Do you do you think that in the back of his mind, whether he realizes it or not, you think this is maybe you know Zucker looking at what happened in the off season, being unhappy with the team. Where I they can't are believe now. Jason Zucker still plays there. It's, like I, I really can't. Yeah. I, and I give the guy full fucking marks for showing up this year because I don't know if I would have. Mm-hmm. And you know me, like you've coached with me. You you've we've talked hockey for years and years and years. Um, I do firmly believe in the idea that players should sometimes just shut up and play the game. And but if I were Jason Zucker, I I wouldn't have showed up for work at the beginning of October this year. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like really? For like why? It's a different general manager, and maybe that helps. But if Paul Fenton were still there, there's no way I would I would there's no way I would have showed up for work this year. Mm-hmm. Trade me, and I will sit here and collect. My, my paychecks and let till you suspend me and then okay go ahead and suspend me and okay I'm gonna sit until you move me yeah um cause he got he's been treated like garbage there quite frankly um so hopefully Bill Guerin's doing something to right the ship but I do believe probably some of that frustration like I I think it's only a matter of time until he gets moved and I think it's for the best that he'll get traded because I think he'll go somewhere and and light it up almost regardless of where it is you know New York is, uh, like, the Rangers are a team right now that could use some depth at wing. Um, Bigger stage, you know, players coach there, you know, like, maybe that's somewhere for Zucker. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
No, I, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I could see him being on the move uh, sooner than later, especially with these kind of opinions. Um, one place that maybe has too many voices in the dressing room at the moment and doesn't need a Jason Zucker yeah. would be the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Um, that is a mess. That, well, they lost again tonight to the Ottawa yeah. Senators. I was going to so. bring that up, too. So, uh, we were going to talk about Couture's comments from last week because they happened, I want to say, Sunday or Monday night. Yeah. Um, so they happened just after uh, we had recorded and we weren't able to, to talk about it last week. But Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've gone through like a bit of a, a period here with guys calling out their uh, their teammates and their coaches and, and what have you. But uh, um, Logan Couture, at least in this instance, is we get, we get a captain that we're, we're talking about. Um, yeah, he but, is supposed to be the guy yeah, answering for he, this stuff, right? He, he comes out and he, he calls out, Two players directly, uh, mm-hmm. Kevin LeBanc and uh, Timo Meyer, mm-hmm. and you know more or less just says you know these guys are not where they're at. Uh, they've got to be better. Uh, if, if we're going to be better as a team, we need these guys. We rely on these guys um, because we're not talking about Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc as you know third, fourth line depth pieces anymore. Like these guys are yeah. like the, the Sharks have gone through a, 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 a wicked core. transition, and, and now these guys are the guys. They are. That is you know, their core. Yeah. Like credit where it's due. They got Kevin LeBanc on a deal. Yeah. But only if he plays like he did last year. Yeah. If he's playing the way he is now. No, he's a, he's a player that should be probably making somewhere between 6 and $7 million. Definitely. But the way he's playing this season, yeah, it's starting to make him kind of look like this is maybe on the nose in terms of the money he's making. Uh, so you don't love to see it, but... He's been poor defensively. Yeah. Um, the comments were... I don't. I didn't really have a problem with them. Um, no, you got to hold guys accountable, in, yep. in, in, especially at this level. And you see it all the time. Uh, a captain or a leader of a team, uh, he'll get up there and he'll make the same kind of dry comment about we have to be better. Yeah, uh, we all have to. You know, it's it's on all of us. It's, well, well, you know what? We all know. We're all fans. We're watching the games. We know it's not on all of them. We had to know too. That when Logan Couture got named captain, that we were going to be dealing with this kind of stuff a little bit more often. Mm-hmm. Logan Couture is not a um, not 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 like I'm saying that he likes to bitch and moan, but he is not a completely reserved, emotionally type guy. Like he's a pretty emotional player, and we had to know that when he got named captain, we were going to hear a couple more things out of his mouth than we typically hear from a captain, and that's fine. Um, I'm not sure I've really loved the way that he's gone at everything so far, but I don't necessarily hate it. He's not wrong when it comes to me, uh, Meyer and, and LeBanc. Like, that was a brutal, brutal fucking change. And uh, I'd be I'd be livid. Like, absolutely livid if I were a player on that team, if I were their coaches. Like, I would have lost my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's right to say it. I guess I'm going to chalk it up to frustration, but it seemed like he was real pissy with the reporters before and afterward that comment, too. The other night after the after the loss in Buffalo, um, which I don't like, I, I'm really not a fan of that. But I'm I'll chalk it up to a learning experience for Couture too, because I don't think he handled that perfectly either. I, I don't know that he really needed to say anything publicly, but it's fine that he did. The thing tonight too is is they they lose five two to to Ottawa, and now I believe they dropped to four eight and one. I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say they were four seven and one earlier today. So. Couture said to the media, I can't be sitting at one goal right now. Tommy is at three. Timo is at two. Who's Tommy? Hurdle. Oh, I guess. 
Uh, we've got to score more goals. We're 12 games in, and I can't be sitting at one goal. And he's right. But just go out there and fucking score, then. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I don't know why he feels the need to say it that way, but it is what it is. Again, I think he's just I think he's just trying to take more ownership um, now that he's the captain, which is is his job, but it seems like it's a little bit artificial in a way. I think he's kind of forcing some of this. Um, but regardless, like they're frustrated. I know they are. Um, DeBoer also said something too tonight. We're, we're 12 games in, and there's a handful of key guys for us that haven't played well. That's on me to get them back on track to the level they need to be at. If you're minus 8 or 10, you're not winning hockey games like that. And, and that is true, because as much as plus minus is an archaic stat, like Kevin LeBanc should not be minus 10 through 12 games. No. Like that. It, it is telling to a point, that stat. Um, at the extreme levels is where I think it, it is more telling. If you got a guy who's plus 9 or something, it doesn't, it doesn't really tell you a lot at the end of an 82-game year. But... You know, if you're plus 40 or minus 40, that, that says a lot. Yeah. And Kevin LeBanc's on pace to be, like, minus 76 this year. <laughs> so, like... That would be bad. Yeah, not good. No. It's close to the record. So, I don't know. Like, it's a mess there, for sure. Um, it probably looks worse because the start was worse than, I think, where they've been lately. They've been closer to playing better. And then tonight happens against Ottawa, and I don't really know what to make of that, but... Um, they got to try something else in net, for sure. Definitely. Like, yeah. like I, I don't understand. Like, who, who is their third string goalie? They don't have someone to call up, someone to give a game to. Jordan Binning. No, um, I. I'll look couldn't tell you their third string goalie. Um, San Jose Barracuda. Uh, it's just yeah. like you telling me that you don't feel like giving up like a fourth round pick for Casey to Smith or something right now. Like Vegas has tons of fucking goaltenders. Mm-hmm. They won't trade you one. Mm-hmm. You you are like, are they even making calls? Is kind of what I'm wondering. The GM's Doug Wilson, so I'd imagine yes. Uh, and maybe there's more to that, but like, I don't know, man. Like the, their goaltending combined for uh, eight ninety six last year. They were eight ninety four in the playoffs, and they're eight ninety two through the first twelve games of the year. At what point do we think this is going to turn around? You know. And I, 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 I've said this on this podcast before. I'm not willing to write Martin Jones off. And I'm getting closer to the point where I will now. But I, I, I was ready to write Aaron Dell off from day one. I, at what point did we think this was an, a, like an elite goalie? And if he's not a good backup, and he's definitely not a starter, then move on from the guy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. What no, do you stand to lose by putting him on waivers? Definitely. Yeah. No him. one's no one's gonna Oh gee. Yeah. We lost our fucking eight eighty two goaltender. Boy, woe is fucking me. You know who like their fucking guys in the minors can't be any fucking worse. Could they? Not across all thirty teams. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's some third string out there that could step in right away and make an impact, but they got holy fuck, they're still paying Paul Martin. Um Prime Minister Martin. They got Andrew Shortridge. Zachary Edmund and Joseph Corv. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know. They're, I just don't see the point. Like they they should try something different. Mm-hmm. I would think. Yeah, and it could be anyone. I it's just I don't know. I think they're being a little too patient on that regard. 
That's fair. Because they, they don't have a good enough team, most teams aren't good enough, to make the playoffs with an 892 goaltending duo. And if there are teams in the league that are good enough to do that, there aren't many, and San Jose is not one of them anymore. So, I don't know. they got to try something different there, I think. Is um, I, I know this is going to be kind of uh, uh, uncharted territory to an extent because he's long been considered one of the best, but is Doug Wilson's seat maybe starting to feel a little warm? It shouldn't be. Like, I, I really, I still don't think this is a bad hockey team. I mean, like, DeBoer's a good coach. They still have a pretty solid roster. And, you know, at some point, Martin Jones fell off the fucking planet. Like, I, I, I said this before, and I'll say it again. I have never seen an athlete just lose their, literally forget how to do their job one day. Like, Martin Jones was a fine goaltender. He was like 9-16 on his career going into last year. You picked him to win the Vesna, And it was a good pick! I don't care. I mean, it was the worst possible pick, but it was a good pick. At the time. Yeah, like yeah. at the time, I was like, yeah, no, I could see that. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. I'm like, yeah, no, I could see that. And all of a sudden, he just... It's like when a pitcher just forgets how to keep the fucking ball in the park all of a sudden. And one day, they're just done. You remember when Matt Harvey just sucked one day? Yeah. And now he just sucks? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, at least we know that's medical related. But, like, it's like... It's the same thing with Martin Jones. It's like, what... How does your how did your five hole become fucking more hole. more open than what's open? The waters that the waters in Somalia. I was trying to make a Captain Phillips joke oh. at top ten Tom Hanks movies today, folks. Yeah, no, I was just curious about uh, Wilson there because he has been around for a long time. Um, I mean, at some point. Yeah. It might be time for you know fresh look, a fresh well, eventually, face, fresh yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah it, it's more about when, uh, I guess, um, whether it's by his terms or not. Uh, sometimes you just gotta, sometimes you gotta blame the guy flying the ship. That's that's all there is to it. But one place you don't have to flying blame anyone ship. flying the ship is with Airedale. Wow. And I don't know the rest of the Woof. ad, so Woof. I'm gonna turn it over to you. Oh boy. Uh this week's episode is sponsored by Airedale Fly-In Fishing and Hunting. Uh, located in Wawa, Ontario, Airedale has provided a unique wilderness experience since 1945. They have 18 remote outpost camps that helps keep the lake pristine and the fishing extraordinary. The area is host to many different fish, such as brook trout, lake trout, northern pike, and pickerel. Yeah. I just realized we were supposed to go out as fish for Halloween. Yeah. We forgot to do that. Well, I, I, no, we're going up to Wawa this week for the Halloween bash. Remember, Tomorrow? we're doing it on that. We're doing it on Halloween. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, we gotta get going. <laughs> yeah, Airedale has no more availability for the year, but it would be good to start planning your trip for next year. Now uh, they do have things book up very quick. You know how it is. Once the once the ice melts and uh, the snow's gone, you just want to get outside. And if you're a fisherman, you like to do a lot of fishing. So. The urge is going to strike you quickly, is what I'm saying, and uh, it would be good to have your plans in order before it's too late. Uh, they're open from May 15th to October 31st for next year, so visit www.outpostcamps.com for more information Information, and begin planning your trip to Airedale today. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I always love talking about Airedale. It's it's, it's always yeah. a, it's always a nice little. Yeah, we'll have Mike Warren on a couple times this yeah, year. We'll talk I, about I, it. I would out. imagine. Yeah, he'll be back for the uh, the Oscar preview episode. As I also thought we might just have him on one week and do a, the three man sure. podcast. Hopefully, he has more to say than John. Yeah, that was a snooze fest for sure. <laughs> It's like listening to paint dry. <laughs> well, um, um, you're going to want to hear this. What? Commissioner fans. Oh, yeah. Um, the Count. Yeah. Looks like the Count from Gary, Sesame Gary Street. Bettman back in the news um, for all the right reasons, I guess. Um, still the Commissioner. Mm-hmm. Still going strong. <laughs> I just Googled the Count just to like, it's fucking, it's eerie every time I look at it. It's crazy. <laughs> um... So Gary Bettman was asked about the current playoff format yep. and whether or not he thinks it's working, um, his overall view on it, and uh, he said that um, it's working great unless you're a Leaf fan. Yeah. Uh, so I thought I'd ask you, as a fellow Leaf fan, yeah. uh, what do you think of the comments? What do you think? Of, what do you think of the playoff format? Well, everyone hates the format, <laughs> not just Toronto fans. Well, I, I don't, I don't, Everyone I don't hates hate it. the format. I, I don't. I think there's worse I don't, options. I don't but. hate it. Yeah, like there's worse ways to go. Uh, to me, it it doesn't make sense. But I'm not. It's just not great. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I wish we did something different. But it's it's got nothing to do with me being a Leaf fan. Like you just you got to beat the team in front of you. And so, like to me, like we haven't beat Boston in the last two years. We lost to two good teams. Mm-hmm. You know. I think my biggest problem with it is is because uh, I do think that this was the right playoff format at one time. Uh, you you go back to in the eighties and early nineties. Oh, would have been yeah. This was the format. Yeah. But the problem then was it wouldn't have made sense to do it the other way. Well, back then. that but also back then you had sixteen teams make the playoffs. Yeah. You had twenty four to twenty six teams in the league, mm-hmm. and you're getting that yearly. Hey, I'm playing these guys again. Not maybe not the first round, but we're meeting the second. You know, they wanted those rivalries, and aside from Boston Toronto, yeah, um, every other series is totally random because there's 31, soon to be 32 teams. Yeah, you're never playing the same teams two years in a row for the for the most part. Yeah, and you're no, I not, like the idea behind the format. Yeah, the, like the I rivalry do, just... thing makes sense. But again, other than this Toronto Boston thing in the last couple seasons, it really hasn't been an issue, or you know, it hasn't really been garnering any big support around the league in terms of, uh, you know, what I'll, I'll give I'll give the Golden Golden Knights and Sharks a little bit of credit. They are uh, another example of this. But again, they've only been in the league for two years, the Golden Knights. So how 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 big can this rivalry really be after two seasons? Um, that's where my issue lies. I, I think that this was the right way at one point. It just isn't anymore. There's too many teams, um, and you're going to have that turnover. So un- unless you increase the number of teams making the playoffs, I don't know if this is the right way to do it. Yeah, and I mean, like, we don't really need to artificially create rivalries, right? Like, we have NBC Rivalry Night for that. Yeah, Oilers! <laughs> Panthers! <laughs> yeah, I'm tuning into that one for sure. Stars! Senators! The Battle of Alish Hemsky! The Battle of Jason Spezza! <laughs> yeah, uh, you nailed it. Um, those ben are the Bishop! Only t- <laughs> okay, all right, you found all three. 
Winner. Mark my thought. Wow, they got it. They've they've been dipping into each other's wells a little bit there. That's yeah, not ideal. Um, That's so, so suggestive imagery there. Where would you go with the playoff format if, if you had? Uh, well, I just go back you to were one, the count. One v eight. One v one v eight conference versus conference. Like, you can't do one versus sixteen to me. The Western Conference team, like like again, it's exactly what we're talking about. Like in five years from now, when they're good, do I actually want to watch the Senators and the fucking Stars play in the playoffs? Absolutely not. Do I want to watch Senators play the Penguins? Yeah, a, a lot more so. There's a lot more history there. You know, there there's it just makes more sense when you play a team four times a year. You don't need to have you're not going to have a massive rivalry with them, but there's going to be a little bit of a you know emotion there to begin with. So I don't like the idea of of West and East merging into a one verse sixteen seed. I'd rather see it the one verse eight because I I was I was fine with it before. And then division winners get the one v three bump. Um, yeah. Also fine with that. That also doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it it's fine. Okay. You know. What about uh, the subtle talk as we approach thirty two teams of expanding, going maybe to like ten teams, a couple play in games, oh. like the like the uh, MLB does. I'm I'm open to it. You know, I yeah. think it'd be a lot of fun. Ten versus are, eight. Not, are you, you telling know. me that we we wouldn't? automatically become the fucking people in the Saturday night Arkells uh, Sportsnet commercial that go to BP. Like, we would go and watch those play-in games oh and get God. hammered, man. Oh, my God. Like, are you, could you imagine a play-in game this year where it's, like, Flyers... Rangers. Penguins. Sure. To yeah. get into the final... One uh, game. To, uh, yeah, and, it, and then at 10 o'clock, it's Vancouver... Who else is decent in the West? Anybody? Winnipeg. Okay. You know? Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I'm into that. I I, would, I could get on board it's with that. It's not necessarily an accurate evaluation of who deserves to be there necessarily, but the playoffs aren't necessarily an accurate representation of who deserves to be there some years either. Yeah. Like, if you've got a team that's clearly better than everyone, but one through ten of their lineup is banged up, like the the... The best example I can think of is when the Jets made the playoffs for the first time four years ago, and they got swept by the Ducks, and they were in every game, but they didn't win any games, like they got swept, and then the news comes out that Andrew Ladd had a fucking separated shoulder, that Nick Ehlers had like a a broken foot, and the list literally came down, and it was 12 of the 18 guys who had played game four had some sort of an injury that ordinarily you wouldn't play through. Okay, like maybe the Ducks would have beat the Jets anyway, but, like, what are we talking about an accurate representation here, right? Like, everyone's banged up, and it's just a matter of who can make the most of what they've got. Yeah. And, you know, that that's just the way the sport's going to be. You're never going to be able to change it unless we have a 20-game a, a regular season spread over six months. Like, these guys are going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And it, it's going to be, it is what it is. You know, and luck happens and bad calls happen. Like, ask the Golden Knights about that, you know, like... It's never necessarily going to be a perfect representation of who actually is the best team, but that's kind of the point. So the play-in games don't bother me. I, I, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, uh, it also creates different types of races down the stretch too. Uh, I mean, we look at we look at the the, rank, the season standings as we get into the you know end of March, beginning of April, and we're going aside from gee, who's going to win the conference? Yeah. Um, and other than that, it's who's going to make the last. Right. Maybe, who's going to get the maybe. last spot, and then who's going to have some, to play some the play-in game? Some years it's already decided, right? Yeah. And, yeah but yeah. now we've got the who's going to make the play-in game. Who's going to make sixth place to avoid 
you know, the play-in game. Who's getting the top three spots in the conference so that they get one of those play-in game winners, you know, like these weaker teams. So there's a little bit of of uh, interest that's generated that way. Right. The other change I would make to the playoffs, and I don't know, I don't know where you stand on this. Mm-hmm. I would, I would do like you said. When, once those play-in games are done, you've got your one through eight, east and west. You go through with them, and they play through that. But when they get to the final four, reseed. Give me the option of having Leafs and Habs in the, in the Stanley Cup final. You know, give me the option of Flyers Penguins in the finals. Calgary at uh, Edmonton. You know, like make those matchups realistic. Mm-hmm. Make them possible. Because as much fun as it is to, to go into the playoffs and see the Battle of Ontario or Rangers Devils in the first round, how much better would it be in the finals? Yeah. Well, and I mean, the the thing that you're talking about too is the way that the, the, the format is right now. We already have that issue when you get to the final four where it's less interesting in a way because the, the all the rivalries are gone. Mm-hmm. Like you have technically each person from each division and now you have these four teams that don't really know each other. And in reality, in your, in your format, it doesn't necessarily change that from happening, but it does create the possibility that we might actually get a juicier matchup in the finals. Yeah. Um, the reward is higher. That's what I'm saying. Than the guarantee of the first round. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that would be my, my perfect. It's fine by me. Like I think as a, as a hockey fan, like I'm really not picky about a lot of that kind of stuff because it's just like, I don't know, like the, the, the fight to make the playoffs. And then as long as the playoffs don't necessarily give anyone a, an insane advantage, I, I don't I'm just going to, I'm going to watch it anyway, regardless of what it is. Well, that's the thing, you know? right? Like we all, we all watched the hurricanes and Oilers and there was nothing there to suggest that it would be a good series. It was a fantastic series. Yeah. And, and maybe we all just missed hockey after a year of having the lockout, yeah. but it was a fantastic well, series. No, we had a, um, we've had a lot of good cup finals in the, in the years. Like we've, we, we've, we've been, had a few. we've yeah, been kind of yeah, spoiled definitely. to be honest with um, you. Like blues Bruins was horrible, but well, you can't win them all. No. Nope. Um, but, For a seven-game series, Blackhawks Lightning, Christ. no history there, but they gave us a good, you know, that was a good. A, a that was good a really run. good final. Again, you, you're you're playing Penguins guys Red Wings hurt. two years in a row. Two like, years that in was a row. great, fantastic. You know, so you're, by year two, you're you're eating it up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, those the, the 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 format that you know that I'm talking about here, it doesn't remove those possibilities because those are still great matchups. It just creates more potential for yeah. possibly better matchups. I'm here I, for it. I guess. Um, so, yeah. I mean, we haven't had the Leafs and the Canadians meet in the playoffs since 77. Haven't met in the finals since 67. And as it stands, they, they never would again. So, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's an injustice to the game. But There are, uh, like, if we're going to change stuff about the NHL, uh, the playoffs are not the thing that I'm concerned about. It's it's the overtime format. Hmm. I I'd change the playoffs before I changed the overtime yeah. format. I, I I would like more three on three. I was resistant to that at first. Um, not that I didn't like the three on three. It's just I get the, the obstacle that comes with longer three on three overtime. You, you can't have these games lasting way too long, so you can't make the three on three too long. It is ex- extremely tiring. Um, so it it does create possibility for more injuries the longer it kind of goes. However, the shootout is not good. Mm-hmm. I like watching them. 
I'm one of the few that actually does like watching them. However, they are a batshit insane way to decide who wins a game uh, after five minutes of an overtime period. I would like to see something closer to ten and then go to a shootout. Because I don't think these games would last much longer than seven minutes, um, having watched a lot of them. And we don't see a lot of shootouts as it is. But I would like the shootout to be the last resort. It's like, okay, this game started at 7 o'clock. It is now quarter after 10 and people are still in the rink here watching hockey. We need to get these people home. Mm-hmm. Let's just do a shootout and end this game already. Yeah, I'm fine I'm fine with that being the last resort. But I think they need to extend it. And I think it's going to happen. I, I think there's enough support for that that I think it's going to happen eventually. But, like, watching... The reason I'm bringing this up is because... I can't remember if it was before or after we recorded on Sunday or whatever, but um, no, the Jets uh, versus uh, Oilers I watched last oh, Sunday, okay. and because okay. I don't remember if we recorded in the afternoon or the night last week, but I remember we I remember I watched that game, and that was the, probably the best three on three overtime I've ever seen in my life, and then it went to a shootout, and the Jets won, and I was cheering for the Jets, so I was happy, but I would have watched like I would have paid money to see two more minutes of that fucking overtime. Sure. Yeah. For no, sure. I, I think my only hesitation with extending the three on three is that you're right. Like guys, guys would get more tired. So are we gonna start seeing the fourth liners out there in three on three? Uh-huh. And then there's a there's a strategy involved. But there, the, the good but... news is with that too is once you once your roster needs to be faster because there's the possibility you need these guys in overtime. It's going to start pushing the slower guys out of the game. And you're going to see more quicker depth guys because we need that in overtime. We need guys that are going to be able to to keep up in overtime if we get there. Mm -hmm. It's just like you'll need to start thinking about how you win games. And it goes back to the whole idea of teams having Yusei Jokinen on the roster for years. Where, you know, he's essentially a shootout specialist in his later years. Like, he was done being a viable 5-on-5 player by the time he's, like, fucking 26 years old. So, you know, having him around to maybe win the shootout, now you're going to see guys that are around because we might need him in overtime as well. Like, if you're talking about a fourth line in a few years where, you know, like Jason Spezza's on the Leafs, but he won't be in a few years, but a Jason Spezza type and you've got, like, a a Jeremy Bracco in in the press box... You're going to need that Bracco guy out there, like, because he's going to be better in overtime, even if he is marginally not as good five on five through. You know what I mean? Like, if they're comparable, if they're comparable options and they're only out there seven minutes a night, five on five, then what the hell's the difference? Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I agree. I I love three on three. Uh, It's unreal. I I don't love the shootout. Um, They're fine. I think if you have less shootouts, they become more of a novelty factor again, and maybe people start. Appreciating them more, a little more when you're not seeing yeah. the shooter every night. They're maybe okay. you're seeing the shooter every week. Yeah. Then yeah, maybe it becomes oh hey the shootout's on like right. right? Um, so yeah, I, I'd be fine with that. Um, extending the three on three for sure. That that's I, th- I think you're spot on. It, it's it's coming down the pipeline. It's yeah. just kind of a matter of time. I mean, in reality, like I'm not a soccer fan either, but like penalty kicks is a stupid way to decide a game too. But at least they give overtime an opportunity to try and break the game open. Yeah. You know and. I don't understand how people watch that sport, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, not, not not counting soccer, like you look at the the big sports in North America, none of them have a finite amount of time. Like right. a, the NBA goes till there's a winner. Yeah, baseball goes till there's a winner. 
So does football. Football happens relatively quickly compared to the other, you know, well, three foot, sports. They have ties in football. They have ties, but yeah. they could not. Like, there's the potential. Like, am I am I wrong? Is there the potential that it's it's a finite time and overtime? Okay, okay. Yeah, it's uh, 15 minutes. Each team gets to gets one possession. That's it. So it's okay. more likely that a game will end in a tie. Uh, in a way, but they don't. Like for some reason, there's not a lot of ties. I don't. There were a few last year. I think, but it had it was their most. Like I think there might have been like three games that ended in a tie last year, and that was their most in like fifteen years or something like that. Okay. I, either way, other leagues can do it. I'm sure there's a way for the NHL to extend yeah. overtime and still cap the length of their games. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just bring it down to two on two, maybe. After five every, minutes, every minute after you just like lose a, a guy. like a minor hockey, you just yeah. lose a guy until it's, it's a shootout. Then it's just a goalie's yeah, on the ice. Yeah, then it's just a shootout. Just naturally transition to a shootout. No one will notice they're watching a Imagine shootout. Imagine a goalie versus a goalie overtime, like back in the day with like Chris Osgood and did Patrick Waugh, and they'd just be like fighting in the corner the whole time. So this is terrible. We need a whistle <laughs> or we, something. What here. are we doing? Yeah, Ab- Abisher and fucking Jimmy Howard get rolled out to be the backups there. Sure. Overtime, David Abisher versus Jimmy Howard. Not ideal. No. No. So you've got something here uh, that oh, I, I do not know. About. No, it's it's name that person. Name that person. No, we did it last week. Okay, I don't know. That I didn't know the, the name for it. Yeah, well, all. that's what I'm calling it. Whatever. Okay. I, uh, I I realized that I had made two or three questions that were about teams and not about people, and I'm like, well, then it's not named that person. So name I had to that re- thing. I had to reword the questions oh, okay. uh, so that way they were more people. People, not yes. So, uh, but yeah, for the, those of you who missed people. it. For those of you who missed it, uh, this is a new trivia game for James. Uh, five out of ten is going to be a pass. So um, I'm going to ask James a question. I'm going to give him four options, and he's got to tell me what player I'm looking for, or what person, or coach, or whoever it might be. Uh, so he's going to get four names. He's got to pick a name. Owner. There are no trainers or owners in this. Amateur week. scout. Nope. Nope. Referees? Nope. Zamboni drivers. Although I could, I could start doing a couple referee ones. Uh, tap into the Mike Wern part of the Ugh. audience. A couple shoutouts for Mike Wern this week. Yeah. Okay, James. All right. Your first question. It's been a long, long time since the Toronto Maple Leafs won a playoff series. The yes, last time they did has. was in 2004. Yes. Can you tell me who scored the game-winning goal in that game? Was it A. Ty Domi? Was it B. Travis Green? Was it C, Chad Kilger? Or was it D, Joe Neuendijk? Okay, now, they beat the Senators that year? They did. In Game 7, I remember the game. Yeah, so do I. It's a good one. I just remember how many goals Ottawa scored, because I'm going to say it's Joe Neuendijk. Mm-hmm. It is Joe Neuendijk. Okay. Uh, for what it's worth, I believe Kilger and Green were the other goal scorers that night. Okay. Um, yeah. Fantastic. One for one. One for one. Uh, number two. Among players who played all 82 games last season, who led the NHL in Corsi percentage? Jesus Christ. Was it A, Brendan Gallagher? Fancy stats. Was it B, Justin Williams? Was it C, Dougie Hamilton? Or was it D, Brent Burns? All of which were in the top five. Great. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about all good possession players here. Williams, Burns, Hamilton, and... Gallagher. Gallagher. Huh. Um, 
I'm going to go Dougie Hamilton. That's a good guess. Well, I mean, they're all good guesses because they were all in the top, uh, top like five guys. But uh, we were looking for a Montreal Canadiens forward, Brandon Gallagher. Good okay, for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three. Who assisted on Marie-Philippe Poulin's 2014 Oof. gold medal winning goal? Was it A, Natalie Spooner? Was it B, Jillian Apps? Was it C, Megan Agosta? Or was it D, Laura Fortino? Oh, Agosta. It was Laura Fortino. Hmm. The defenseman getting up on the getting up in the play. Apparently. Yep. Uh, you were one for three, but that's okay. That's okay. Lots you know, of time. Yeah, there's lots of time here still. Well, on, there's a lots of time there's until... There's enough the, time. There's a lots of time until there isn't. But, uh, number four. The NHL record for saves in a game is 92. Yes. Recorded in 1936. Yes, it was. By which Detroit Red Wings goalie? Was it A, Heck Randall? Was it B, Normie Smith? Was it C, Bucko McDonald? Or was it D, Ebby Goodfellow? <laughs> Fuck. I believe it was uh, B. Oh, man. It was Normie Smith. Yes. Uh, you are correct. Um... The other three yeah. were all all players on that team, but none of them were goalies. J- James, who led the league in Corsi last season? No idea. Who stopped 92 <laughs> sh- uh, shots in 1936? Was it Bucko McGee? <laughs> Bucko Mahoulahan? <laughs> Mahoulahan? Uh, you were two for four. So you're on pace to, to pass. I'm one for one on questions pre-1945. Yes. Just putting that out there. There isn't going to be any more of those ah, in right. this one. Um there might be people born before 1945, though, who get referenced here. But um, the first ever, speaking of three-on-three, three, the first ever three-on-three three overtime game was October 9th, 2015. It was the Flyers and the Lightning who scored the game winner. Was it A, Matt Reed? Was it B, R.J. Umberger? Was it C, Jason Garrison? Or was it D, Tyler Johnson? The uh, coaches were figuring out uh, what types of players maybe you want to use or maybe don't want to use because none of those guys should have probably been on the ice I believe all four were on the ice for the goal too which okay. is kinda... I'm going to go with Matt Reed yeah just seems like a weird guy to stick in nah, there yeah yeah no it seems like it would be the guy but yeah. it was C Jason Garrison that's weirder yeah no it's yeah that's the weirdest of the like I actually I think Umberger was the one where I was like he was still in the NHL kind of thing like I thought it was on Columbus by then, but... I mean, well, he, he went, but he came back, back yeah, yeah so true. that was stint number two, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you are two for five. Okay. Connor McDavid's first NHL goal was scored against which NHL goalie? Was it A, Semyon Varlamov? Was it B, Jake Allen? Was it C, Corey Crawford? Or was it D, Kerry Lettinen? Wow, okay. Someone, uh, someone in the Pacific, or in the uh, Central Division. Huh. That's weird, because for some reason I thought he scored his first goal against Columbus. But, uh... Be horrible. Okay, I so know which goal you're thinking. That was not his first. Crawford, Chicago, Allen, St. Louis. Um, I've forgotten the other two already. Uh, your options are A, Semyon Varlamov, B, Jake Allen, C, Corey Crawford, and D, Kerry Lettinen. Varlamov. It was D. Kerry Lettinen. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two for two for six. Too bad. It's okay. You you came on hot toward the end last week, so it's we'll true. see. Uh, who is the all-time leading scorer for the OHL's Oshawa Generals? <laughs> I 
I've got it down to two guys in my head. Is it A, Jared Scald? Is it B, oh, sorry, former NHLer is the all-time leading scorer. Uh, A, Jared Scald. B, Mark Savard. Is it C, John Tavares? Or D, former Vancouver Canuck, Tony Tanti? No, John Tavares. It is B, Mark Savard. Really? It is, indeed. I thought, I thought it was either indeed. Tavares or Lindros. Nope. Really? <laughs> okay. No. Well, Lind- Lindros had a good point total, but he only played there for 105 games or something like that. So. Well, th- he played an extra year there, though, because he didn't go straight from the... Missed some time. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. as the big E did. Yes. Uh, also, and the reason I, I, I included that question this week is I wanted to shout out, although he doesn't play for the Oshawa Generals, my cousin, uh, Nick DeGrazia, scored his first OHL goal uh, today. Fantastic. So, for the Sudbury Wolves. So. Seems like you should have asked about the Sudbury Wolves then, but... And nobody... No, it's not an NHLer. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, it's, uh, I trust me. I, I wanted to find a Sudbury Wolves question, but all right. So you got to you got to run the table. It's okay. Okay. Number eight. Who is the NHL coach fired the quickest into their first season as coach of the team? Uh, the number of games he coached was sixteen. Is it A. Barry Melrose? Is it B. Rogi Vachon? Rogi Rogi Vachon? Rogi Vachon? Is it C. Herb Brooks, or is it D. Ron Ralston? First year with the team. I'm go Barry Melrose. It is Barry Melrose. Roll, roll, rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not one to talk, but he's got yeah. a bit of a spare tire. Barry Melrose. Uh, yeah. You're three what, for eight. What, do you know what year? Or? Um, I don't remember what year that was. Okay. I can look it up if you want. It was ah. Tampa Bay, though. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Which of the following coaches never coached the Canadian Under-20 World Junior Championship Ooh, team? Okay. So three of these four have coached. Which one hasn't? Okay. Is it A, Claude Julien? Is it B, Stan Butler? Is it C, Andy Murray? Or is it D, Mark Habscheid? Andy Murray. It is C, Andy Murray. You're four for nine. And I had to check, too, because I put him in there and I'm like... Wait, is he fucking American? He's Canadian. But, uh, yeah, so you you could pass. And what a world it would be! What better way to cap it off with a Leafs question? Okay. In two thousand and two, in June two thousand two, that's an important note on this. The Toronto Maple Leafs trade traded which players' rights to the Nashville Predators, only for them not to sign there. Was it A. Ty Domi? Was it B. Dmitry Yushkevich. Was it C, Curtis Joseph? Or was it D, Jonas Hoagland? Hmm. Not an easy one. No. Because unless you knew what happened, <laughs> there'd be really no way to know. Well, I've got it I've got it down to two guys. I, I, I don't think it was Joseph. Uh, he left as a free agent, went to Detroit. I don't think they flipped him prior to free agency. Although I guess it is possible. I should be clear that. that the question is they did not sign with the Nashville Predators. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that there was a corresponding transaction after. They just didn't right. sign there. I've, I've, I've got it down to either Domi or Yuskevich. I'll tell you why. Because pre-lockout, there was a, a loophole where a player could be traded to another team for an asset 
on the basis that they didn't sign with that team and then simply re-sign with... It's why we have, like, Mike Richter technically was an Edmonton Oiler for a day and all these weird trades that take place and, and they, they last for a day. I'm going to go with Ty Domi. The answer is a Ty Domi. Beautiful. Ty Domi, uh, for several hours, could have been a Nashville Predator. Yeah. Um, Little-known loophole in the pre-CBA days. Fun fact, Yushkevich was also traded that summer for Robert Shvela. Uh Curtis Joseph's rights were traded to the Calgary Flames, really? and he did not sign there. Okay. And Jonas Hoagland never left Toronto after going there. He was uh, Toronto Maple Leaf through and through until he retired, I think, the next offseason. Okay, I was mm-hmm. going to say it was around that time he left. But. Yeah. Um... I did have another question, too, I just want to ask you. This is for bonus marks, I guess, because this isn't a name-that-person. It's more of a name-that-team. But Dennis Weidman played a lot of places in the NHL. What team drafted him 251st overall in 2002? Is it the Blues, the Bruins, the Sabres, or the Flyers? Blues. It is the Sabres. Really? Weird, eh? Huh. Yeah. Okay. Dennis Weidman. There you go. Yep. What do we got? Anything else? Anything else? Uh, Have you heard about this? Some Italian guy got claimed by the Jets. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Tony Tanti of yeah. the... No. <laughs> uh, Lucas Pisa got uh, claimed off waivers by the Winnipeg Jets. He was trying to sign with the Anaheim Ducks, but when you sign someone, uh, sometimes you got to put them on waivers. Yeah, and it's, it's a risk that you take when you sign a guy like Spisa. And so the Jets claimed him. Now, I wanted to talk about it, not because Spisa is particularly uh, that noteful. I mean, he's not horrible, but uh, you don't really see a team claim a guy when they sign with another team. Like, this is kind of, this is a really rare, rare waiver claim, in the sense that normally when you sign a guy and then you got to put him on waivers, most teams either seem to honor that signing and just don't place a claim, or, I don't know, maybe the players are usually bad enough that no one wants to claim them. Uh, but the Jets need a defenseman. Spisa's yeah. possibly this... an NHL-caliber defenseman. He's played in the NHL for a while, and has been relatively okay. This did happen a few years ago with a goaltender, and I'm having trouble remembering which goalie it was. Um, but you're right, it, it is something that's really rare... Um, usually it's it's only done when you <clears throat> have that positional need. You know, you, gee, we need a goaltender. Let's let's grab this guy. We need a defenseman like the Jets did. Um, yeah, you're right. It, it is odd. It's perfectly legal. There's nothing nothing against it. There's uh, it's just kind of how the system works. Uh, it's kind of odd that the Jets couldn't work a deal out with Spiza for maybe a little bit more money if you know, like that was all that was in the way. Of Spiza wanted to, I I think he played for the Ducks in the past. Spiza did play for the Ducks for quite a while, so I think it was a matter of him wanting to go back to Anaheim. Yeah. Um. But he he and his agents would have known the risks. Um, for sure. Like I don't think Spiza. I mean, Spiza very well could have just looked at the Jets and been like, "Well, I don't want to play there, so I'm not sh- showing up." And then he could have just done that and fucking gone and played in Europe if he really wanted to. But he clearly wants to play in the National Hockey League. You know, he's played there for a long time. He's been in the NHL since 2008, mm-hmm. you know. Like, he's been here, he's been around a while. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, it's just it's just an uncommon thing, and I thought it was noteful. Um, I think it's a good move by the Jets, also. They've got to do something. They need, I mean, they, need, they need another body, and the good news is, is now, 
if they feel like they need to send Hanola down at any point, they have another NHL guy that can kind of bridge the gap. Um, you know, if they do have injuries, they don't have to put unnecessary stress on maybe kids that aren't ready for it, uh, calling up Logan Stanley too early or something, because it still seems like they think they might have a player there in Logan Stanley. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's a good move. I, I, I honestly, I, I somewhat commend Chevel Day off for that one. Yeah, well, like, and we kind of keep going back to it, but first month of the uh, season is drawing to a close. Uh, still nothing uh, much to go off of with Dustin Bufflin. And, you know, you're right. Like, management can only sit in their hands for so long before mm-hmm. they got to start making, you know, immediate decisions for the, the now if they want to make this season uh, successful. And uh, kudos to them for uh, going out there and trying to do the best they can to find a player that uh, can jump in right away. Yeah. So. Yeah. Spisa, a veteran of 504 NHL games, 103 points in those games, uh, has played for the Flyers, the Ducks, the Canucks, the Golden Knights, the Islanders, and now will play probably for the Jets. How many is he now behind uh, Mr. Sillinger for the uh, most teams played list? A lot. Oh, still still quite a bit. Well, he's only played for, this will be his sixth team. Oh, sounded like way more names there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Maybe I named a team twice, who knows. Well, sometimes when you're signing an NHL contract, it can be like a box of chocolates, and you never know where you're going to end up. Top 10, eh? Yeah. Tom Hanks. Tom Tom Hanks. (laughs) Top Tom. Tom. (laughs) We should do the top Toms of all time. Top 10 Toms. Number 10. Owner of the Caribou. Tom buys a house. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! (laughs) It's still Hanks would be number one, I guess, right? Is yeah. he the greatest Tom of all time? It depends if it's Tom or Thomas that we're including in the list, because... Edison. Edison's probably up there. <laughs> yeah, that fucking guy. Yeah. That that crook. J- Jefferson might make an appearance, although mm-hmm. he had a, a, a shitty... I'd go Hanks. Probably. Over Jefferson. Yeah. To Brady. Ooh. <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. You know how I feel about him. Uh, I've heard. Um, Cruz would be the one to debate for ours. Like, you probably wouldn't put him on there. I think he'd be, like, fifth or sixth for me mm. of all time Toms. I, I, I'm blanking on a lot of Toms. Uh, well, Tom Pazianos Cur- probably makes a list. Curvers probably doesn't make my list, no. I'd have to imagine. Connors? Stomping Tom Connors? Ooh. Yeah. Maybe. I don't Tom Petty. Ooh. Shit. Yeah, we'll have to hammer this out another Tommy time. Tommy Cock and the Walk Cochran. <laughs> I like how that's your nickname for him. Like, <laughs> no one's ever called him that to his face, I don't think. Like, yeah, whatever. You know? I would if I ever met him. Cock and a walk, cock. Ooh, Tom Thacker. Tom Thacker. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yep. Uh, but today it's Tom Hanks. Tom Gore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan. I've had, I've had me some good nights with Mr. Gore. Mr. Gore. Yep. Uh, yeah, Tom Hanks. Okay, so you love him, we love him. Um, yeah. He's America's sweetheart. Well, I wanted to talk about him this week because I came to the realization this week that all of Tom Hanks's movies are just about him getting around or having trouble getting around. You know, Sully, the 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 engine fails. He's got to land it in the Hudson. Yeah. Captain Phillips, boats trying to get around, having trouble getting the boat around. People are people are trying to stop that. Castaway is just trying to deliver some packages. Fucking falls into the ocean for God's sakes. Yeah, he takes a raft. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Catch me if you can. Basically, that's just, just the know. greatest hits of yeah. traveling. 
Trains, like that's planes, just, automobiles. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You got your, you got your uh, terminal. I was gonna say terminal. He's just stranded in a fucking airport. Apollo thirteen rocket ship. Sitting on Private Ryan <laughs> landing craft for the D Day landings. Yeah. 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 Sleep is in Seattle. Takes a few plane planes. I guess. Forrest Gump. He's just running a lot. For, well, yeah. Like couldn't find a car. Yeah. Couldn't steal a bike or something. Skateboard. Anything. Yeah. A lot of cars and road to perdition too. Ooh, road perdition and trains. Yeah. Trains. Even takes Toy train. Story, he, he drives that little RV guy, flies with Buzz. That's true. Yeah. The whole the whole plot of Toy Story is they're having trouble getting around. They're too. moving. They're, yeah. they're technically they're trying. moving. They're trying to figure it out. Via a moving but truck. because of, you know, obvious obstacles, they're having some problems getting around. <laughs> obvious obstacles. <laughs> People won't fucking listen to me when I'm trying to talk to them. Well, yeah, Woody, you're a little dull, man. You've got mail. He's trying to get around the internet. True. Mm, Apollo 13, he's shining in space. That's why I said rocket ship. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Just missing cars, a, he's in cars, isn't he? We're just missing a submarine movie at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, if you could please make a submarine movie. If you could remake The Hunt for Red October and please play Sean Connery's character, that would be fantastic. I don't think so, Trebek. <laughs> yeah. Can you do the Sean Connery accent through the whole thing? I'm going to try to crowdfund this. Uh, the Hunt for Red October remake starring Tom Hanks and Miles Teller. Ooh, I am down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like Tom Hanks, we should probably get moving here. Number 10, Saving Mr. Banks. Now, this is one that you uh, you haven't seen. Yeah, so we were talking about this when we uh, like we combined our lists here. Uh, we're doing a combined top 10 this week. Um I have seen probably more of Tom Hanks's filmography of any other actor that I can think of. DiCaprio would be up there as well. Um, you know, I'm not that far behind on on a lot of Denzels. Uh, but I have seen... I am going to say that there's maybe only... Well, I'll do a quick little thing, but yeah. I've, I, so I've never seen this, so you talk about it. I'm going to see how many movies okay. of his I haven't seen. Well, th- this this is a... It's a heartwarming little story. Um, many, many people know Mary Poppins. Uh, many people love Mary Poppins. Uh, uh, a whimsical tale. Um, and this kind of takes a little peek behind the curtain. Every time I think of Mary Poppins, all I can think of is Sherry Bobbins, the Simpsons version of Mary <laughs> Poppins, who's just like, turns out to be like an alcoholic. <laughs> at the end of the episode... She whisks away with her umbrella into the crowd or into the sky, and Lisa's like, "Do you think we're gonna see Sherry Bobbins again, Dad?" And he's like, "We'll see, honey." And she literally gets hit by a plane. <laughs> we'll see, because they're not looking. Wonder if Tom Hanks was on that plane. <laughs> um, fun, fun fact: that was the plane that crashed cameo. in Castaway. Yeah, cameo. Yep. Uh, okay, so so basically, the, the idea here is that uh, um, as Walt Disney, uh, played by Tom Hanks is kind of building his empire, his movie mogul. Um, his daughters really love this one book, and they really want him to make this book into a movie. Um, and he, being Walt Disney, kind of a cocky asshole, um, is determined, yes, I can do this. I, I can make this happen without realizing how difficult it's actually going to be to obtain the rights for the book written by P.L. Travers, played by Emma Thompson. A wonderful performance, may I add. 
And um, I think I avoided watching that because I don't like Emma Thompson. That's fine. Some people just don't like Emma Thompson. I don't have a problem with her. Um, She's good in Stranger Than Fiction, though. And over the course of nearly 20 years, uh, Walt Disney does everything he can to try to get the rights for this book to make the movie Mary Poppins. And all P.L. Travers wants is an authentic, like, justice served type of portrayal for her for her book which is based on her youth and there's a series of flashbacks that go back and show her growing up and how she based the characters on Mary Poppins around the characters of the people in her life a very difficult childhood and it all kind of comes together and it's part of making Walt understand where this character comes from it's about the the audience kind of understanding where this character comes from because for all this time you know, you go back to 1964, Mary Poppins just kind of always been Mary Poppins, and no one really had... Some people knew the book, but most people didn't know what inspired the book. So right. this movie kind of did very well to shed light on both the book and the movie while creating its own story, and... See, and I imagine this movie is very useful for people like me who uh, thought that Mary Poppins was inspired by Sherry Bobbins. Uh, can confirm. Uh, it is not. <laughs> yeah, Bruce, I don't think there's uh, really a lot of people out there where that's the case. But Yeah, you're probably in the, the minority in that one. Fun fact, since 1990, um, like of the movies he's made since 1990, I've only not seen nine of them. Which is a lot, like, I, that's still, that number's shockingly low. I haven't seen a lot of these 80s movies. Haven't even heard of most of them, to be honest with you. But, hmm. yeah. But even those, like, I've seen, you know, I've seen Turner and Hooch, I've seen Big, I've seen The Burbs, you know. Sounds like you're the top Tom guy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, So that's my number ten. Okay. Our number ten, I guess. Yeah, it's our number ten. Yeah, the consensus was you think it's a really good movie, it got pushed off. I guess, like, what's the movie that that I I had that would have gotten pushed off, I guess? Uh, uh, Wait, what's our next movie? Okay, so that made it. So the, The Terminal would have been my highest ranked one that didn't get put on here. But, you know, yeah. no big deal. Uh, number nine is Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, uh, which I put fourth on my list. You, I believe, did not have it ranked. I did not. Um, yeah, this is... Uh, this, this, that's... I don't I honestly, I don't even know what to say about it, because it's just like... It's one of the better movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's one of the most emotionally jarring movies I've ever seen. Um, it's kind of hard to believe. Like, I, I, Tom Hanks makes meaningful movies, but this is kind of a whole other animal in terms of stuff that he's done. Um, like, you know, he's gone the heartwarming route. He's done the romantic comedy thing before. This movie is just very, very emotional. And uh, he's incredible in it. And... Uh, yeah. And he's like, he's kind of the supporting actor in the movie, honestly. Hmm. But he's great. I've never seen it. Yeah. So okay. You I'll take your word do for yourself it. a favor. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's about September 11th, and just, uh, um, it's not a spoiler because it happens in the first two minutes of the movie, but Tom Hanks uh, is killed in, in the 9 11 attacks. And uh, the movie's kind of about his relationship with his son and how. Um, how they were before everything happened and how he's moving on since it's happened. And then also about, like, it kind of takes place in three different times and then also when it happened. Um, 
yeah, it's uh, it's uh, as you as I'm sure you can tell, uh, a pretty emotional movie. So sounds very like, good. That sounds like a, I don't I don't even know if I want to tackle that. That sounds like a. Uh, you got to be in the right mood. Wow! Don't watch it when you're in a, an emotional state because it's going to tear you up a Jesus. little bit. Yeah, it's good though. Real good. Okay, well that's from number nine. Uh, on to happier things at number eight, maybe. Philadelphia. I've never seen it. So oh God! Uh, <laughs> happier things. Oh no. Uh, yeah, James never seen Philadelphia. Uh, I put it number three on my list, and I thought number three was probably ranking it low because I think another one of his movies is probably better than it is. But um, yeah, Philadelphia. Denzel Washington, Tom Hanks. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, Tom Hanks is a disgraced, well, sort of disgraced, uh, yeah. lawyer. A disgraced nuclear physicist. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a lawyer who, uh, contracts AIDS, um, and then gets fired by his law firm, and Denzel Washington is trying to, is another lawyer who's trying to help Tom Hanks sue the law firm. Uh, it takes place in a time where the AIDS scare was, um just becoming more understood and i think people were kind of coming to terms with what the disease actually entails and so it was kind of a topical movie at the time it was released in 1992 tom hanks won an academy award for his performance and uh he is absolutely fucking brilliant in the movie so um yeah i i i i think it's real good it's another one gotta be in the right mood not nearly as much so as the other one but uh yeah yeah, well, you know, like I, I love Denzel Washington, so it's a good Denzel um, movie too. And, it would and, probably rank in Denzel's top ten as well. All right, I, yeah, I gotta get on that. Yeah, one. Yeah, you gotta. Like, you might have to come over. We'll watch Philadelphia because I got Prime and you don't. So, Ooh, big man with Prime. Yeah. Um. No, that sounds lovely. Well, you got things I don't. I'm sure. What do you pay for? I have a girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> no, that's a. That's a way. Are you bragging? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's a toss-up, uh, right. but uh, yeah, okay. Philadelphia sounds like a sounds like a pleasant little film. That's uh, well, it's not, but a lot of dark themes for a lot of his movies. I'm realizing, uh, despite him being like uh, appearance-wise such a cheery fellow. Yeah. Right, Hopefully, talk. Mr. Rogers has a happy ending. Let's talk about the pirates, I guess. Number seven, Ooh. Captain Phillips. Ooh, I am the captain now. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah Captain Richard Richard Phillips. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume most of our listeners have seen this movie. I, I, I don't know. I hope so. I Am the Captain now being one of the greatest memes of all time. Uh, as people love to use that one because yeah. it is a, a great scene. It is pretty funny. That guy's an awesome actor, too, by the way. And, yeah, it, it's a great film. Real good. Real suspenseful the whole time. You really don't know what's going to happen. I like movies that take place in, like, one or two settings. And that's kind of the case with Captain Phillips. It's kind of the case with a lot of Tom Hanks movies when you really boil it down. The Terminal, kind of Apollo 13, kind of Castaway. And it's kind of neat to just watch a full acting showcase by people when it's, you know, the the setting doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, like, it kind of limits what they can do or and things like that. Usually and, keeps the budget down, too, so you can afford better actors. Well, that's, that's what, yeah. yeah. I feel like if I was a... If I was a scriptwriter, I would just movie, write movies taken in one place, so that way one room. more people would buy my scripts. Man, I can't wait for Quentin Tarantino's one room. Just one scene, one whole movie. One room. I mean, four rooms is pretty much one room. But Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic ending to Phillips, by the way. Yeah, the last five minutes, I would say, is up there in terms of the actual acting performance by Tom Hanks. Uh, that scene when he just breaks down in the uh, the medical office there, uh, probably top five acting moments of Tom Hanks' yeah. career. Pretty yeah. good. I thought, I, I remember watching that movie, I can't remember if I went to see it first with my ex-girlfriend at the time, or I, I feel like, because I, I saw it twice in theaters, I want to say we went, and I remember turning over to whoever I was watching the movie with and being like, he's going to fucking win an Academy Award for literally that scene. And he didn't. I don't even think he got nominated. But, uh, great. He's great. Yeah. It's just the, this top ten is going to be us just saying he's great he's over great. and over again. Um, okay, so this next one. I realize that there's probably a, a, half this list has come out since this movie uh, hit the theaters. But I, I think it's the most recent that I've, I've watched. Mm. Road to Perdition. It did just get put on Netflix. So. Yeah, yeah, that's when I got into it. Road so. to Perdition, um, a great example of a movie, because this isn't something you think about going into a movie very much, but it's definitely noticeable in Road to Perdition. The music, the way that it like like goes with the themes of the movie, unbelievable. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, and, um, yeah. You just watched it, so maybe give a little bit of your your review or synopsis there. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really know too much about it. Uh, you know, again, one of those films I've heard of, but I, I didn't know if it was a true story, or, you know, because I know Tom Hanks likes to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. Uh, just a, a very, very well done. Um, Based off a graphic novel. Yeah, yeah. Depression-era uh, gangster movie, uh, when it boils down to it. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, plays Mike Sullivan, um, works for you know a crime family, and essentially is betrayed by said family. Uh, his his wife and one of his sons is murdered, and uh, he sets out on this uh, incredible journey of vengeance and uh, kind of just tears down the entire crime family from the inside. And uh, yeah, don't don't fuck with Tom Hanks apparently. Yeah, he'll, he'll mess you up pretty good. Directed by Sam Mendes, who uh, you, we've all heard of all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Beauty, Jarhead, Revolutionary Road, Away We Go, Skyfall, Spectre, and then 1917, which is uh, uh, coming out at Christmas, I believe? It's not out yet. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daniel that Craig, looks pretty good. Paul Newman, yeah. great supporter. Oh, it's a great cast. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, Sam Mendes, right? Fucking yeah. loves, his, uh, loves his Daniel Craig. True. Yeah. yeah. Big uh, big fan of that one. It was. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Long long overdue. Yeah, it's a it's a real good movie. Yep. Um. So that brings us up to the uh, top five. What are the top Ooh, five? Uh, yeah. That actually won in the Oscar for uh, best cinematography. Ooh. Which. Oh, good for him. Yeah that 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 makes sense. It does. Uh, number five, a film that uh, you have made public on mm. the podcast that you're not a huge fan of. That's yeah, fine. But I think you can appreciate the acting in it. Yeah, I had it ranked higher than you. Forrest Gump, number yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's it's good. It's not great. I feel like people are expecting, probably, well, they're not expecting it to be number one because they know how I feel about it. But, like, I feel like most people would probably put this as number one movie. It's not. It's good. Not great. You know the scene in This Is The End when Jay Baruchel just goes on and on about how he fucking hates Forrest Gump? I've never related to, to Jay Baruchel more than in that moment. 
I don't recall that scene, but so they're asking. It's it's him and Craig Robinson and Emma Tom- Emma Thompson Emma Watson. I got Emma Thompson on the brain. Ooh. Yeah, uh, talking about uh, whether or not Jay's a hipster because he doesn't like L.A. and uh, Craig Robinson's just like, I bet you, uh, I bet you hate for or do you like Forrest Gump? And he's like, No, no, it's a horrendous piece of shit. <laughs> Craig Robinson looks at me. He's like, "Life is like a box of chocolates." He's like, no, I'm familiar with the movie. Never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> it's, it's a good scene. I, I I don't recall it. I, I take your word for it. I I um I do love that movie as well. But yeah, uh, what oh, we're yeah. talking about is number five. Forrest oh right, Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, Gary Sinise in that movie kills yeah. me. I, I like as Lieutenant Dan. I like I do I do I just think it's overrated. I do like that's the movie. Fine. It's a good yeah, movie. That, that's perfectly understandable. Yeah. it probably is overrated. It is. Um, he it's good though. Takes on a very challenging role in the sense that you know you're dealing with someone that has some. Uh, learning disabilities, or however you want to kind of frame mm-hmm. that, we don't really know too much about what's wrong. No, I don't with, think they really say much Forrest about that. Eh? But uh, I think he's just a little bit of a slow fella. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I used to work with a girl named Jenny, and. Uh, like every day, I would just walk into the, like the little room that she worked in, and just be like, "I love you, Jenna." <laughs> just a, just a couple peanuts short of a, uh... <laughs> a couple pieces short of a puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, nope. not at all. Nothing wrong with that. Um... Robert Zemeckis uh, is the director on that one. Uh, he also directed Castaway. Wow. Yeah. So. uh... They should maybe team up a little more often. Uh, Robert Zemeckis did Flight, too, which is also, like, another good movie. A lot of, uh... Kind of a hit-and-miss, uh, director, that guy. <laughs> I just want to crash on a plane. Why do you want to keep crashing planes? Yeah. Um... Stop crashing planes already. Yeah. Uh, Best Picture, uh, Forrest Gump, 1994. Yeah, it did so, win. There you go. He won, uh, he won Best Actor, too, didn't he? No, he lost. He lost. He was nominated, though. Uh, didn't, uh, Freeman win it? From Shawshank? You either get busy living or get busy dying. Uh, I'm trying to think. 1994. I guess 95. Travolta won supporting for Pulp Fiction. I don't think he did either. No? I thought, no. He, I thought he won supporting. Um, here we go. 67th Academy Awards. Tom Hanks won. Fantastic. Look at that. Oh, okay. So he won for Philadelphia. No, yeah, he won for Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. He won back in the years. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I knew that. Well, I'm an idiot. Uh, best supporting actor was uh, Martin Landau in, in Ed Wood. Never seen him. Was uh, Travolta nominated? For best supporting actor? Uh, he was nominated for best actor. Best oh, really? lead actor, yes. Oh, wow. He lost to. I didn't, I didn't he lost to Tom Hanks. Um, Morgan Freeman. Actually, the, the, the best guy probably won there. Tom Hanks probably deserved to win. I'd never seen Nobody's Fool. Paul Newman was nominated, so I can't really. Hmm. Yeah, I never took Travolta to be the lead in Pulp Fiction, but like, I guess maybe. If you got to pick one, he's probably the guy. He's in like one extra one extra scene because I mean, spoiler alert, but you know who gives a fuck? Uh, when Bruce Willis shoots him in the in the apartment there, yeah. 
Like, he gets, like, one sort of bonus scene because of that, I've noticed, as, as the rest of the actors are kind of in the same amount of scenes. So, I don't know, maybe that extra five seconds of screen time makes him the lead actor, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on, number four, and there's got- four of them, Toy Story. Oh, Toy Story, yes. Take your pick. Yeah. You could, you could pick any of them. Yeah, I mean, I, we're doing the top ten movies, not top ten performances here, right? So that's the difference, like... It's not that hard to be a voice actor, I would imagine. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But it's when better Tom... when you have a Tom Hanks-esque Yeah, voice. when you're Tom Hanks and you can just do anything, uh, then yeah, I guess it's probably pretty easy. So, yeah, Tom Hanks, Toy Story, he plays Woody. You think... Uh... This is the last movie I should need to explain. Like, no. I, I, if you haven't seen Toy Story, what the fuck are you doing? Stop listening to the podcast. Yeah! Get the hell out of here. Go watch Toy Story. Watch the movie. It's Come beautiful. Come back. Finish the podcast once you've watched all eight hours sure. of Toy Story. Like, if you haven't seen Toy Story, like, what do I got to do? Walk you through Toy Story? That's it. Fine. Fuck it. We're doing a movie commentary, a Toy Story. Oof, you guys made us do it. Escalated pretty You quickly. made me do it. We're going to have to do it now. Fuck. Let's sleep on it. I Yeah, well, um, I, I can't believe people make me do this, but here we are. Do you think Tom Hanks and Tim Allen are buddies outside of, like, Toy Story? No. No? I can't see that. I don't think so. I feel like, I don't know why, I've always felt Tim Allen's probably, like, a weird dude. I, I feel like Tim Allen's always the kind of guy that's, like, you know, Tom Hanks would be like, hey, you want to grab a beer, you know, after our, our recording session? And Tim Allen would be like, nah, I've got to, uh, I've got to meet my buddy. He's, uh, he's dropping off some paintings. You want to? You want to come? I could use a ride. You want to go for a beer? Huh? <laughs> That's another one. I gotta, I gotta watch that show again, and then we, then we can do the top ten home, home, home improvement episodes. Yeah, get your hands on the series because I'm, I'm itching to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll bring my, uh, I'll bring my USB stick to uh, Matt Whitney that I work with this week because he has the whole series on iTunes. Let's I'll go just wits. give it for me. Yeah. All right, one of the top three. We're yep. into the top three. We've got uh, a couple Oscar performances coming up here. Uh, number three, 1998's runner-up for Picture of the Year. You've got out, mail? Losing out, nine, nine, well, I guess it would be 99, but losing out to... Uh, You've got mail was not nominated Shakespeare for Shakespeare in Love. Award, I don't think. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Do you think it was? Maybe it was. Uh, yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, it's it's good, but this is more your your forte if you want to go on about this one. I had this it, like eighth or ninth. It's good. Well, yeah, it's it's better for like again. This is where we kind of get into this conversation about is it a top ten Tom Hanks performance or is it like the top ten Tom Hanks films? Because I, I definitely think that this is one of the better films he's been in overall. Um, it is the go to World War Two film. It might be the go-to war film, uh, uh, you know, right up there with the likes of you know Platoon, uh, and, and so on and so forth. Um, the portrayal of uh, the the everyday man, you know, this isn't a true story, but it's believable enough, um, and just a really a really solid cast, a really solid performance all around. Um, there were scenes that still b- bother me, in mm-hmm. in a way, you know. Yeah, when you, I agree when you go with that. back and watch that, I remember the first time I watched this film. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I was like probably six or something. A, well, I was a little older. I was probably nine or ten years old, and every summer we used to go down to my mom's family uh, in Aurelia yeah. and, and stay with them. Cousin, cousin Joe. Yeah, Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. And uh, my uncle Joe had a whole wall of VHS World War II films. Like, mm -hmm. probably every World War II film that, ever made. That explains why you love them so much. And, you know, every year I would kind of watch one. And, like, my dad had a few, and we'd watch a few. And for the most part, the ones I was allowed to watch then were pretty mild, you know, as far mm -hmm. as war films go. And I, I remember I was home alone one night. The parents had gone home alone. Ha, had gone to another relative, and I was I'm just gonna stay in. And I, I tossed on Saving Private Ryan. I couldn't make it through that opening scene of them landing on D-Day, and guys' limbs are getting blown off. I, I got, I got scared. I got genuinely scared of this film. And I, I was at an age where I really didn't think I was getting scared by movies anymore. And I kind of had to like put that away war movies are scary man sometimes like yeah they're, they're they're the scariest movie because like they're real yeah. in a way you know what i mean right? like that's the thing is like you know these scary movies like they're what scary movies are supposed to do is give you this 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 jump memory of of fear yeah. you know what i mean it's supposed to like remind you of times where you were scared kind of thing you know none of like not not anyone i know have fought in a fucking war you know, and that's what makes them so disturbing and so real is watching these people get shot by other people. Yeah. In for for no reason really. Like, you know what I mean? It's just it's disturbing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that that I had to put that one away. It's I fair. didn't I couldn't watch it in Private Ryan for a while. I, I'm I'm happy to say I have since and I, I think it's a fantastic film. So Okay. Yeah. Uh I do have good news. Uh you've got mail did not get nominated for any Academy Awards. That's probably for the best. So yeah, yeah. it's uh Someone you pass on the street may already be the love of your life, is the tagline. Hmm. It's probably the only Tom Hanks movie I would say I don't like. I, you could have told me it wasn't Tom Hanks, Well, I'd believe you. I should say I don't like The Da Vinci Code. And I have not watched okay. either of its two other subsequent films. There's they two? are. Yeah, there's Inferno and there's Angels and Demons. I've seen Angels and Demons. I didn't know Inferno was in the series. Yes, it is. Oh, I should watch that. Get caught up on the trilogy. Sure. Uh, my grandmother, um, big You've Got Mail fan. Hmm. That was her. That was her little Sunday afternoon delight. What? That's what she liked to do on a Sunday afternoon. You know, watch You've Got Mail. Yeah. Every Sunday. <laughs> well, if she had a Sunday off, well, if she wasn't hosting the ladies for sandwiches and tea. So how many times a year they come over for sandwiches and tea on Sunday? Like forty? Well, maybe. So she would she watch you've got you've got mail once a month. <laughs> ah, once every three months. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> In it's like come November first, I'll watch Christmas Vacation like five or six times, but like I don't watch it the other <laughs> ten months of the year. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you guys probably watch that movie like those movies the same amount of times each year you just pack yours probably in yeah no and then it's like new by the time i watch it again yeah, you know that's fair uh yeah okay bad santa same thing i don't watch that in may i'm i'm can't wait for november 1st i'm gonna start fucking watching it i am off on thursday friday wait what i'm friday. off i'm am i off friday i might be i'm gonna watch it friday fuck it 
he said he was going to F her in the A so hard that she couldn't walk straight for two months. Can't do anything about that. No. Wouldn't want to. No. Man is a sexual being. Sean Ritter's just right uncomfortable. <laughs> Fuck, this might be the longest top ten we've ever done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, all right. Let's, let's, uh, let's get through this here. Number two, probably my favorite Tom Hanks film on this list. I okay. Think. I think this might be my favorite Tom Hanks film. Uh, catch Me If You Can. It might be mine. I think mine's probably The Terminal, but yeah, this yeah. is up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is a great movie. Carl Hanratty. So, somebody thought, hey, let's take Tom Hanks and let's take Leonardo DiCaprio and let's put them in the coolest let's, chase let's, movie ever. Let's race them around the world. Yeah. <laughs> and we were all like, fuck yeah. Oh, man. Do it. The scene when, like, I'm not going to lie, the first time I watched the second time I watched a movie, I think when he goes to arrest him in that hotel that he's got, like, in oh. the first, like, 30 minutes, I'm like, Every wait, time they're going to get him. It's going to happen. They're, they're going to get him. It never happens. And like, the way he gets out of there, the fact that this is a true story is fucked. Ugh. That's fucked. Unbelievable. Uh, to this day, I, I can't believe this happened. Yep. I have to, like, every time I watch this film, I have to go to the Wikipedia page to read it to make sure that I'm I'm not getting caught up in the Hollywood magic. Yeah. That this this happened. Yeah. This I mean, like, it's a, it's a loose, like, base, but it's it's still crazy. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Frank Abagnale Jr. And Amy Adams in, in the film as well. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so, eh? Yeah. We love us sort of some Amy Adams. Yeah, we do. Christopher Walken. True. Martin Sheen. Your father, he carried this watch. <laughs> By his asshole. Yeah. In two years. Different movie. Um, Catch me if you can. Carl Hanratty. Yep. Number one. Yep. Uh, some may say the hardest acting performance you give is one you give by yourself. Yep. You've got and... mail. <laughs> He's the only fucking actor in that movie. Uh, Castaway. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it was a shock. I don't. I don't know if anyone was surprised no. at that. No. But I don't know if anyone was sitting there at home thinking like, "Oh yeah, here it comes number one, Turner and Hooch." But um, a good movie. Fine. It's an adequate film. Uh, Castaway number one. Yeah. You, you got you got Tom Hanks and you got a volleyball. That's it. Make it work. <laughs> And they made it work. And I mean, like, in all fairness, he's not the only actor in the movie, but he also, in a much more real sense, is the only actor in the movie. He's Helen Hunt's not great. No. She's my least favorite part of that movie. When, when, like, when he, when that plane goes down, I'm kind of like, oh, good. I don't have to watch Helen Hunt for, like, another hour and a half now. You he know? finally got away from her. Yeah, I fucking... He got away from her. Yeah. The real victory in that movie is when we get away from Helen Hunt collectively. Sure. Why are all of his wives annoying? Well, uh, not all of them, but just two that I can think of. I love you, Jenny. She's fine. Yeah. What other wives does he have? I guess like he falls in love with Catherine Zeta-Jones. She's cool. In the terminal. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have a wife in Catch Me If You Can, he does, does he? Not. No. Um, I guess he's got a thing for Bo and her sheep in Toy Story. Oh yeah, she's That's okay. Kind of a loose. She's all right though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Perdition. His wife gets killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philadelphia, he's gay. Well, well, maybe I don't know. I've seen never seen yeah, yeah, well, film. Well, yeah, you should watch a movie. Uh, Captain Phillips has got a wife, but he does. I don't know who plays like, her. I don't remember. Just I thought that was it's, possibly it's someone. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it's obviously someone. It's not a robot. Ooh. 
Yeah, oh. I forgot to mention the part of... Uh, Ka- oh, yeah, his wife is Catherine Keener. She's cool. That she is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Anyway. Castaway, number one. Number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Castaway, uh, unbelievable performance. Probably... I'm going to say his best acting performance. I- I'm going to say it. I-, I think it's a little bit of an injustice that he did not win an Academy Award for it. Um, or did he? Did I don't he? think he did. I don't think so. 2001. Mm, what do we got here? Tom Hanks, best actor, nominated. Nominated. Let's see who won. Probably some dud. Russell Crowe for Gladiator. All right. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> not great. That's, that's not bad. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's it. Unless you were wanted to talk more about Tom Hanks. No. Well, I mean, I could talk about Tom Hanks till the cows come home. I, there's probably a lot of people listening. Tom Hanks podcast. I was just going to say, why don't these people start a Tom Hanks podcast? <laughs> Episode one, we talk about Toy Story. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thanks for joining us. You know, um, I know you came here for hockey, and less than half of it was about hockey, probably. But, uh, you know, whatever. We're going to talk about what we want to talk about. You got a pause button. Yeah. You I've been yelling at the listeners a lot the yeah, back after this episode. Yeah, you tone it down a little bit. We don't have a lot of those. I mean, there was one time you with. called the listeners idiots. It's true. During the Airedale ad, like, it was, like, real bad. But. Uh, crash their flight. Well, maybe don't talk about them <laughs> crashing their planes with the ads. you got to just stay away from that ad, for sure. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Clomper, Stitcher, uh, Portugal Radio, I mean, you've already found us, so I don't know if you need to look any yeah, harder. It, it but it still is weird to me that we, we do that every week. Every podcast, I, every podcast I've ever listened to does that. Yeah. It, it is weird, but I don't know. Maybe someone's showing you the podcast and you don't know where to find it, although you could ask them, I guess. Talk to your friends. Open up. Yep. Timo Solani's in town this week. True. Uh, he will be at Chapters signing copies hey. of his book, Indigo. You think he's coming to Matt Mays, or...? I imagine because he's only here for like an hour that he's probably doing like three different book signings on Wednesday. Like he's probably like in Winnipeg in the morning and then here in the afternoon and then he goes to like Ottawa at night or something. I would think. You think he's lying? You think he's driving? <laughs> <laughs> you think Timu Solani's driving across Canada to do one hour book signings at a fucking Indigo in the middle of Thunder Bay? Yeah, when you say it, I'm out. <laughs> well, you don't have to make me sound like a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, so Timo Solani's here if you want to code catch him. I think he's there for like an hour, so if you catch him if you can, I guess. <laughs> I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Just eat that!